You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. And then Psalms, it makes me think of the, the boundary lines have fallen. Mm, in Psalm in 16, pleasant yeah, places. Psalm 16, yeah. in pleasant places. And yeah. so, like, also the, the best psalm for a parking team at a church. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Comparing myself to a person to do one of two things, either make myself feel worse about myself or to make myself feel better about myself. And he's not looking at you and pointing at somebody else. Right. Right? He's not looking at Chelsea and pointing at Cassie and going, are you here? Are you, are you learning this lesson? Look yeah. at Cassie. Right. Look at her. No, he's going like, well, what is Cassie to you? No, I'm looking at you and I approve of you. Yeah. You delight me. I am pleased with you. Right. Well done, good and faithful servant. Have ever talked about why there's a whistle in our um, theme music, no. Cassie? Is it Oscar? It was no, it was an homage to your husband Eric, who's one of the best whistlers I've ever met in my life. It's true, he is a fantastic whistler. He's a great whistler. So when I was picking our theme music options, I was like, oh, this one's great, and it's got a whistle. I'm gonna tell and him that. Yeah, I hope he's honored by that. He's oh, a he will be. He's a musician, but he's also a really great whistler. Oh, you know what we could do? What the night we do our podcast live. Have him whistle the theme we song? have him whistle the theme song. Oh, guys, be there. FTP live. <laughs> Eric live whistling the theme song. And I can do the claps. He's going to kill me. I'm a pretty good clapper. <laughs> no, he, he better not kill you. you. I hope it's not, not a confession. Really, this no. is recorded. Hyperbolic. If, if you were not interested in going now, now people are, they're, they're like, well, there's going to be a whistler. There'll be two Eric's, one whistling, a professional musician and a whistler. Well, this is Adam Griffin and I'm here with my co-host, first Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How you doing? I'm hoping for many seasons more. <laughs> many more seasons yeah. of this podcast. Good. Many days, many <laughs> literal seasons like falls, winter. <laughs> and of course, my wife, Chelsea Griffin, is here. How are you doing today, Chelsea? Good. Just happy to be here. Good. Excellent. I'm glad you're here. Guys. Good. Thanks. Hey, let me kick this off with a, with a sweet review from one of our listeners. Listen to this. This comes from a thankful mom. She says, can't thank this podcast crew enough for helping this mother of three, five-month-old, two-year-old, and five-year-old walk a little better. The work you are doing blesses the Lord and his people. She says, you guys rock. You guys rock. So I hope that encourages you today, Cassie and Chelsea. That's from one of our listeners. Grateful for that. So great. Listeners, thanks for leaving positive podcast reviews. That's always a blessing to us, but also helps other people find the podcast. I'm grateful for that. Hey, before we jump into our topic for today, let's give one more uh, announcement about our live show. Cassie, Chelsea, anybody want to tell them about it? I'll tell them. Come on, Chelsea, tell them what's up. Listen here, people. November 2nd, Dallas, Texas, live podcast recording with an audience. You are invited for a small fee. You can buy a ticket to come and be there with us at Eastside Community Church. And we are going to record two episodes and have a live Q&A. And we will provide the A's and you provide the Q's. And it is going to be a good time, local and, well, big time. Big time Christian. Big time Christian recording artist. Yeah, He's on the radio. Big time. But I mean, we know him because he lives in Dallas. But big time Christian recording artist, Eric Nieder, um, will be there performing for our audience. And so it is going to be a really fun time. And who's the MC that night? We have not announced that. Oh who's emceeing our evening? Celebrity uh, guest. Our friend and boss, Kyle Worley. <laughs> our friend and boss, oh, Kyle Worley. He is Worley. kind of our boss, right? He's like the podcast papa. He is the podcast papa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
We are wheels off. It is Sunday at nine o'clock at night. Yes. The wheels have come off officially. Hopefully Brad cut out most of what the wheels off has experienced so far. I said something I shouldn't. So that kicked off our whole episode. Am I forgiven? Oh, for sure. Oh, thanks. He's going to need an alibi for tonight. (laughs) 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 If something ever happens to you, Cassie. Well, this season we're talking through vices and virtues. We're talking about things we struggle with, things that are going really well. And tonight's episode, we're talking about a big one, one we hear a lot about. We're talking about comparison. Talking about wah, comparison. Wah. Oh, wow. Downer. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Already. No. That was at comparison, not it's at, not at the, the episode. Oh. Yeah. Oh, why is it the worst? Let's start with struggles. Come on. What's hard about comparison, Cassie? Well, it's so instinctual. It's like hard. You, you like... It's hard to prevent it. So usually you catch yourself in the middle of doing it. You're like, oh, stink. There I am again. Doing what? Like, what does it look like for you? Comparing myself to a person to do one of two things. Either make myself feel worse about myself, mm-hmm. which why do we want to do that? Yeah. But we do. Or, which this is even uglier, to make myself feel better about myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell worst. people often when we went to Disney World in February, I had all these experiences with comparison where you see all these other family dynamics, all these other families. And there were some families that seemed like they're having more fun than us. And I was like, oh, how come they're having so much more fun than us? Why aren't we having that much fun? And then I'll tell you what else. There was a ton of families that we were doing a lot better than. (laughs) There were some families falling apart, treating each other terribly. You know, the parent look over the kid's head where they're just like staring daggers at each other. Like, how dare you this? Or why are we doing that? Or why didn't we get that right? Or how come we're not doing that? And this comparison beast at Disney World really came out. I think it's any place you get a lot of families around each other, you end up with that. Whether it's youth sports, it's another kind of Petri dish for parental comparison is uh, both maybe how athletic your kid is compared to other kids or how good your coach is or how good the team is. But also, you know, I, I will, I will righteously look down on parents who are screaming, yelling, cursing. And, uh, and while there may be some righteous judgment in there, I use it to beef myself oh, yeah, up. To to feel, yeah. To feel better about myself. Chelsea, is comparison ever a struggle for you? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm actually better than most people um, and that I don't really compare <laughs> because Proverbs 425 says comparison is a thief of joy. That is not a real Bible verse. I love when, Chris, when, yeah, when Chelsea does the up speak. <laughs> and so Proverbs so. 24, that uh, by the way, is not a real verse. Everybody mm-hmm. comparison. It's right after work like you don't need the money <laughs> dance, dance like, like no, no one's, one's watching, watching. <laughs> god helps love. those who help themselves grateful thankful blessed oh, pray eat blessed. pray what's the other thing uh, anyway uh yeah the comparison is thief of joy is accredited to anybody remember ben franklin no teddy oh, roosevelt theodore like roosevelt guess. theodore roosevelt i knew it was one of those guys yeah you know what i don't like about that phrase though is that like cassie's already mentioned comparison can be the thief of joy but the truth is if we're being totally honest as parents it's a source. It's a source of For joy. Our pride. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Comparison is the source of joy all the time. Yeah. I look at other parents or I look at other kids and I go, whew, we got some great kids. Or I look at other parents and I go, oh, thank God my kids are in my family. But then that just like feeds the appetite. Yeah. I'm not saying it's good. It, I'm not saying it's the right. hunger like turns on you all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, we're the worst. It's cannibalistic a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. a bad cycle we get ourselves it into. It is a bad cycle. Why Why is it such a propensity for parents? Why do we Why do we constantly trying to compare ourselves to other people? Well, it's a propensity for children too. I mean, my kids are comparing themselves to each other. And I think it's just 
starts at a very young age. I mean, my daughter just the other day was like, why don't we have a lake house or a mountain house? I mean. Good question. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> valid, valid question. Yeah. Fair. Uh, I'll ask the elders. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast isn't quite making enough for our new family discipleship lake house. That's going to be the next FTP live. Oh, man. Ooh, Come to the lake me house. There. That I, my point is that like at children, I mean, they're looking to each other, you know, constantly, which is part of their developmental, like it's how they grow up. It's how yeah. they develop their identity. how they're learning social yeah social cues and self-awareness and i mean in some ways comparison is how we are shaped yeah but it also is so quickly perverted into a way that they get their identity yeah and their value and then we just grow up with that forever yeah like it's just kind of always there now i think deep down we have a like even as children we have a profound awareness of our need for justification and for a savior. And so we look for it because if if we haven't heard, and, and of course in our case, we we have heard the gospel, but we still look for it elsewhere. But especially when you're a young person or if you're if you grow up like unexposed to the gospel, you look around you to be justified and to say, at least I'm not like that person. Yeah. That's and right. then we feel really condemned when we see someone better than us and we think, oh no, you know, because there's something scary about that. Yeah. Because if I thought that I was good enough by my deeds or my grades or my athletics or my titles, my jobs, whatever, and then I see someone doing those things better than me, that is very threatening. If you do not have the security that comes from Christ's love, from right. God's acceptance, from things that can't be taken from you. So yeah, like you're saying, it, feed, it feeds a beast, right? I have it's to, like survival almost. Like it's yes. our survival instinct. Yes, I have to, like, to keep getting better than somebody. I have to keep justifying myself by saying, I am a good person, here's yeah. how I know, or I'm not as bad as some people I know. Yeah, that, in fact, there's entire religious systems based on that entire idea. Yeah. You know, it's Christianity sets itself apart in that we're not rooted in some kind of self-justifying, works-based, comparative achievement, right? It's not, God's not handing out A's, B's, C's, and D's. He's handing, like he's forgiving everyone. Uh, everyone who is in Christ has their failing grade forgiven. Yeah, that's it. There's not kind of a well. Since you are a C level Christian, you're receiving this much heaven, and you're a B level Christian. You know, we're no. All of us, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Which we'll get to scripture here in a little bit. Anybody willing to get? Uh, you know, we already covered vulnerability. Is anybody willing to get vulnerable about where comparison is hard for you personally? Like. Uh, oh. what it looks like? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I've got two situations I can, I can think of. The first is, we've talked about this before, but education is a very challenging... Like school choice? Uh, school choice, yeah, yeah. And when our oldest was three, we went and got her tested for a magnet. And of course, we thought she was, and she was a very bright three-year-old. And we're like, no, oh, she's going to get in. It's going to be great. Yeah, easy. And it was just like the rejection from that, it just like put me in a place of feeling like I needed to compare to kind of measure, well, then what are our options and what are we going to do? And... I think that that is one topic that is constantly tempting people to compare ourselves to, like Mm -hmm. when it comes to education, our choices, how our kids are doing in their education, if they love it, if we love it, all of those things. And so that feels like a very real, like real time temptation. And right now we're, if we're, you know, talking about the two two sides of the coin, I would say we're in in an education, God has provided us an education for our girls right now that we are loving, which means I can tend to pride toward Mm -hmm. in that situation. And I'm like, well, you know, we've got this figured out, but I really know. And the fear underlying is if all it takes is are one of our girls not doing well enough to stay or one terrible behavior thing or something financial or, you know, you know, what's been given can be taken away. 
So that's humbling. And then the other thing I would say is so far, my our girls have not professed faith to the point of being ready for baptism. And that can feel, and we've talked about this as well, as someone who's in ministry and in children's ministry, it can feel like, okay, well, what if this never happens? Yeah. You know, and like, I just- What will people think of me? Right. And then you see someone else's kids get baptized and, you know, I can see the temptation to be like, well, don't you want to, aren't you ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's just so, do a practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just in the pool. Um, just dunk you real quick. So- mm-hmm. And just really entrusting their own their journeys uh, with God to God, and just be like, we trust you. We are doing, uh, like we mentioned in our previous episode, like we're parenting by faith. Mm-hmm. We are. We can't. We can't do anything that we're. We can't make them profess faith. You know? Right. So we're just right. I, have you ever trusting? Some, I mean, in your job, you see kids, you know, come to faith a lot, and because a lot of parents will send yeah. their kids to talk with you before baptism, and so. I mean, this is terrible, but I, I think it's happened to a lot of us where we know some adults that don't seem very spiritually mature. We don't assume that they are awesome spiritual leaders in their home. And then their kid is spirit-filled, right. you know, ready to cl- profess faith, to yeah. be baptized. And why is there something in me that's like, well, how did that happen? Yeah. As if right? I thought... Like it's a fairness thing. Or yeah. that like, did, am I not walking in a, in a true... Like doctrine, like understanding of the doctrine exactly. of salvation. That's exactly. God's work that, to do. And yes, that, that God can reveal himself to yeah. anyone yeah. who chooses. And while I, all of us as parents should be making good effort to di- um, to disciple our children, to share the gospel in a meaningful way, we could do that ex- excellently in yeah. a way that pleases the Lord. Yeah. And it still doesn't mean that he's going to save their souls, right? It's yeah. just a very like legalistic way of thinking yeah. that shows yeah. up in me when I think that. I'm like, whoa, oh, that like where yeah. I'll say, think to myself, well, that's shocking. Yeah. That's yeah. shocking, you know? Yeah. And you're like, is it? Like God is on the move. He's redeeing all kinds of people and yeah. he's not redeeming them because something impressed yeah. him. He's redeeming them because he's merciful, right? Well, one thing or a couple of things, I guess for me as a parent, I think of one of the struggles I have is not just comparing myself to other parents. It's not just personal. I know that I will look at my kids. We have three boys and I'll compare them to one another in ways that are not fair. I'll say, well, you know, my oldest was like this. Why is my middle like that? Why is my youngest like this? Why can't the middle be more like the oldest? Why can't the younger be more like the middle? Why can't, you know, and I will in unfair ways in my mind, in my heart, pit them against one another in, uh, in ways that are not fair to them. And I know that, that, that comes out in the way I parent sometimes that I, uh, you know, we talk about rewarding the behavior you want. And sometimes I do that in a way that is probably um, uh, more like bribery and more like, I don't know, not treating the kid like they are their own individual. It's like, why aren't you more like somebody else? Chelsea and I, when we counsel couples a lot, one of the most common things we'll talk about with couples in premarital counseling is if you start to find yourself saying, saying uh, the solution to this problem is that if they would just think about things the way I do, then everything would be better. Mm-hmm. And if they could just, uh, I mean, articulate this for me, Chelsea. If you could just, what? It, then if you could just, you know, if they were just more like me, right? Yeah. If they were just more like me, then this, would, then this wouldn't be a problem. Right. And I see myself doing that with even my kids. If you were just more like your brother is behaving, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing this or punishing right. you like that or handling this like this. And the other thing I see is a struggle for me in comparison with my kids is I will sometimes compare my kids to the version of my kids that I thought I would have or I thought they should be, like an unfair, perfect version of themselves. Mm-hmm. That is not who they are, who God created them to be, but it'd be like, why aren't you more like fill in the blank? 
And it's not a real person out there. I'm not saying, why aren't you more like the kid down the street? Right. I'm just comparing them to a version of themselves that is, uh, it's imaginary. And uh, I know that there's a lot of parents out there that when they look at their own kids, they go, how did I end up with a kid who likes this or doesn't like mm. that or is like this? And I know that's so hard because you can you unfairly compare them to a version of your kid that does not exist. Yeah, it's like yeah. some ideal yeah. fantasy version. Of exactly. It's an idealism that is, that is just rooted in probably my own ego yeah. and uh, definitely my own struggle. It's definitely my own my own garbage. What about strengths for you guys? Where do you feel like comparison? Oh, we didn't get to hear Chelsea's weaknesses. Oh, I'm sorry, Chelsea. Was there some really more weakness you wanted to share? Some really vulnerable stuff about parenting comparison. I relate to what Cassie shared about how there's an opportunity to condemn yourself, to feel bad about yourself, and and there's an opportunity to take pride um, or to judge someone else. And I'll say that I think there's there's a trap sometimes in thinking that if I'm tempted to compare, but I deem myself better than the other person, then like we believe this lie, then then I'm free from comparison when mm. actually I'm, I'm engaged in judgment. Right. So just because I don't let anybody else's, you know, Instagram reels or feeds, you know, knock me down or make me feel bad about myself. Um, but do I have a judgmental response in my heart? I'm, I'm not free. I'm in constant need of a savior. I, I am hopeless without him, sick with sin if I don't have Jesus. Right. And so, yeah, as I'll say I, I relate to all of that. And at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, I'm encouraged that the Lord does seem to incrementally, yeah. you know, set us free from a lot of, I think Amen. we're about to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about it in a second. Where do you feel like there's some strength for you in comparison? Where do you feel like, you know, either you're, you're putting down the part of your heart that is sinfully trying to judge something that only the Lord should judge, or where you feel like a comparison in a righteous sense is creating some righteous judgment for you. I think early in parenting, God taught me the prayer of just, he just taught me to pray and ask for compassion for those like around oh, me when yeah. I'm struggling with feeling my pride. So I think maybe I tend more towards, I have plenty to be insecure about, I think my coping mechanism is to just swing the pendulum to to the pride and to judgment. And so I often will say, and I think my, I hope my friends would affirm this, is they're doing the best they can. Hmm. So yeah. if we're at Disney and those parents that are giving each other those looks, I'm like, they are doing the best that they can do right now. Mm-hmm. They've got they've laid it all down. They've spent all their money. They're here. They're matching They're outfits. having a terrible day. And ask for compassion rather than use it to somehow levy myself and yeah. to someplace I don't I don't belong. Before I quickly, you know, pride comes before a fall. Knowing me, it's like you judge the parent in the grocery store aisle, and then the next aisle, my kid throws the fit. And it's like, oh, here we yeah, are. Yeah, but if nobody That's saw it, thirty seconds. Nobody yeah. saw it. Doesn't yeah. matter, right? What if, if you, you were wearing a, a Hakuna Matata shirt? <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't still count. <laughs> it means no worries. Yeah. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map, 
and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, FAMILY10, to get 10% off your entire order. Hey listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at LifeWay.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero, at LifeWay.com. The new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out. I love what you're saying there. It's almost like compassion becomes kind of a cure for the comparison game. Because if if I have compassion or empathy yeah. or sympathy, or Christ talks about, you know, they or the Bible talks about Christ having pity on a person or on a people, the compassion, it's like you realize who someone else is, is not about me. Right. Who my kid is is not about me. And while I want to do a good job parenting and I can have influence, I'm not saying you don't have influence. I'm just saying when you take who someone else is and make it about yourself, you are putting yourself in a judgment seat that was not prepared for you. Who's someone, another parent and the way they parent, they are parenting in a way that is about them and is about their family. It's not about you. You keep making it about you. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea, where has this been an area of strength for you? I don't know if I'm strong in any of it. I, I think as I've walked with Jesus, I'm growing more and more happy with the fact that I'm accepted by Him yeah. and that I, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to earn something. I don't have to justify my own existence. I'll say that before I had kids, there was, there was no way for somebody to, to like really tell me or make me understand how much I would love my kids. And so part of that has has made that easier, that that is just God-given, that He has put a love in my heart for my children, that even though it is easy to picture some other version of the kids you thought you would have or what you, what you thought your family would be like. I honestly thought if I had boys, I thought they'd be way more into sports than, than they actually are, you know, but delighted to find out that my love wasn't hinging on that, mm-hmm. that it was in no way, in no way affects how I feel about my children. And that has changed my faith so much. I know I've talked about that on the podcast, but just seeing how easy it is, how much God has made me love my children. And I'm imperfect and I'm still selfish. I'm a sinful person, but it is easy to love my children like crazy. And so where I fall short, where there's temptation to comparison, like I, I do know that I just love them. I love them so much. And so there are tons of things that I think Adam and I have been tempted over the years to compare our children to other people's children and are ours as good as, as them in some category and to feel like, you know, maybe we're coming up short or we're doing something wrong. But I do know that I love them and that I accept them. And that is a shadow of the way that God the Father sees me, loves me, accepts me, 
and I, I don't have to be Amen. good enough. Yeah. You know? Amen. That's so sweet, babe. Thanks for sharing that. I, I, I think very similarly, it is very easy to be delighted in our children. Yeah. I don't walk in the living room every day and go, why are these our kids? Mm-mm. Why don't we have different ones? Or why aren't the ones we have different? I think about one of my friends, he was talking about when his son was born with Down syndrome and how he did not know it was going to happen. He did not see it coming. He compared it to, he said, it's, it's like flying to Europe and you're expecting to land in Paris and instead you landed in London. He said, at first you're kind of like, wait, what? But then you realize there's something really sweet about where you landed. And you mm-hmm. go, this isn't where I thought I was going, but it is still beautiful. And that sentiment has always stuck with me in whatever it is about our children or anybody's family that you go, I, it may not always be what I expected it to be, but there's something really beautiful about however God is shaping our children, and shaping our family. And I don't need to look outside our family or outside my own heart in order to feel validated yeah. or to feel okay. And I certainly need to, and I commonly do, resist any temptation to pity myself or run to wallowing shame because of who my family is compared to somebody else. Yeah. And I think there that comparison bug is easy to put down also with scripture. And so let's turn the corner to a little bit of like what what God has said, what narratives come to mind for you when you think about comparison or what what scriptural wisdom comes to mind for you when you think about what the Bible has to say about comparison? Mm, I actually have a bunch, but one I think of, and it's sad that I can't think of the reference, but when Jesus tells a parable about workers who start working yep. at different times of the day, yeah. And they are given the same amount. And when one of them has a problem with it, (laughs) the boss guy in the story basically says like, oh, do you have a problem with my generosity? And I was like, oh, man. He doesn't say like, do you have a problem because I've paid you unfairly? Right. And he does. He says, you know, you all agree to what you're getting. And he says, you know, it bothers you that I'm generous? And to me, that just strikes a chord with what we hear a lot from people, the common experience of comparison of your life, your house, your family, what you have, you know, your lake houses, if you don't have one, why the elders haven't given you one. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I love you elders. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. You're fired. So I hope this podcast really takes off. Um, (laughs) No, but um, thinking how often we we are tempted to think something about another person, why they have what they have, whether or not that's fair, whether or not we approve of that. And do we scorn God's generosity in the life of someone else? We wow. never scorn his generosity in our life. Amen. And he's, I could just go on and on about how, what you just said about your kid's school and like, you know, your one behavior incident from not being able to go to school. And I'm like, I don't always wake up with that mentality of just being reminded it's actually a grace from God. Yeah, that that we're all here at the school today, or that my kids didn't get expelled today. Yeah. You know, we fail to thank God for all these ways He's been generous. But then when we see His generosity in someone else's life, right. are are we actually upset at the at the unbelievable generosity of yeah. God? Do yeah. we dislike that? It reminds me of what you say about Christian freedom. Like, if if true Christian freedom means I can celebrate something good in somebody else's life. Their ability to do something well is not an indictment 
on me yeah. for not doing it the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their kid thriving is not an indictment on my kid's struggle. Yes. You know, it's okay yeah. to be able to say like that. I can celebrate that. And you know, we're in a it's culture in, a, in yeah. a social media culture that's constantly looking in, into other people's lives voyeuristically. Comparison is just rampant because yeah. it, it creates this semblance, this idea that everybody else is doing so much better. And you go home to your real problems and you go, why is my life not different? But the freedom we have in the scripture, I love what you're pointing out in that story about the denarii, just that day's labor getting paid and God's generosity to somebody else is not an indictment on his lack of yeah. generosity yeah. to me. I have everything I could need in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I be mad when somebody gets that and they're, they were late to the game? Why didn't I get more? Because I already knew Jesus before they did. You yeah, know? entitlement. Oh, no. Yes. yes, entitlement is exactly entitlement. Yeah. Romans 12 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. It just makes me think, we have worship and prayer once a month. I think you guys do, right? Yeah. yeah. And this last one was just particularly sweet as we got to see, we have several women in our congregation who stood up and asked for prayer for either infertility or miscarriages and and we have had you know several who've had babies in the last like nine months and we're celebrating those babies as you know other women are standing up and saying well now now we are also we're struggling and we would like prayer and it's just like it was such a picture of like rejoicing and clapping right and, and what God has done in these you know women who've just had children and then turning and weeping and asking God to do the same you yeah. know with other women and that is so much of life is just yeah Rejoicing with those who've received generosity of God, who you know, in that yeah. time for that provision, and then weeping with those who are suffering and not comparing or thinking like what you said. Yeah. It's about me. Yeah, yeah. Thinking they're rejoicing about me. I would, yeah. about you know, me. when I was a student minister, we would take kids on these mission trips, and parents would be like, "This is so good for them because they'll realize how good they have Perspective. it." Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, we are not taking kids on a mission trip." So that your kid can go, oh, I'm so grateful I have video games and I'm so (laughs) grateful I have a nice house. The purpose of of helping the poor is not to feel better about being rich. Right. You know, but this is literally in the church. People would say this stuff. I had a friend who worked in the cancer ward at a hospital who said a parent called one time and asked if they could bring their kid up because their kid was struggling with entitlement and they wanted to show them how much worse off some other kids were. And I was like, this this is what I'm talking about. Lord Lord Jesus. I get the sentiment. But how dare you say I was hoping that your child who's suffering already, if we we could exploit them for our own good, that'd be great. Like, it's unreal. It reminds me of that story. Remember in the book of Luke when they asked Jesus about the people whose death, their blood was mixed with the sacrifices? And he brings up a different event. He says, hey, you know that tower that fell in Siloam and it fell and killed all those people? Do you think they were worse sinners than you? He says, like, kind of the opposite of what you're saying, Chelsea. Something bad happened to somebody. Do you think, oh, well, they they probably deserved it? Yeah. Jesus said, "No, I tell you the truth. Unless you all rep- you unless you all repent, you will likewise perish." He's not saying towers are going to fall on all of us. He's just saying all of us yeah. likewise are sinners. All of us in need of repentance. So it, it drives me just bonkers when in the church we would say that gratitude to God means financial blessing, and it, it, because God is yeah. this, that is so fragile and so fickle. Uh, some of the other scriptures I think about, of course, I think about Cain and Abel. Cain, yeah. you know, the first sibling rivalry of the entire Bible, uh, where Cain compares himself to Abel, and he's super upset because God, you know, loved Abel's sacrifice. Or honestly, too, if I, if we go all the way back to Genesis uh, chapter three, I think about how sometimes, if I'm being totally honest here, I will catch my heart going like, would I have made the same mistake even Adam did? 
Like, could I have resisted the tree if I was in perfect Eden? As if like, yeah, we're all sinners, but I don't think I would. I would have eaten that, that yeah, apple. I probably would have eaten the whole tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how hard it is for me to not eat the things say, I'm not I supposed already, to eat? <laughs> yeah, I already don't have a great self-control around. Uh, but the, my favorite scripture about comparison, it comes from my favorite chapter of the Bible. It's John 21. And at the very end- <sighs> I was going to say that. You be quiet. It's my turn. <laughs> our wrestle. Our wrestle right now. That's our wrestle there. <laughs> In John 21, uh, Chelsea would tell this way better than I would, but in John 21, <laughs> oh my goodness. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, babe. Okay. You can you can compare the way I will tell it to the way you would have How told it. How about we record both? I was, Brad can No, I was going to say, I want to do this like silently in my head, hypothetically, declare myself the winner, and then um, feel better about tell yourself. Adam you did good. That's great. <laughs> so Jesus tells Peter, he says, basically, he tells him about the way he's going to die. And he says, uh, almost literally, like, you're you're going to, when you were oh, young, yeah. you got to go wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you're not even able to dress yourself and they're going to lead you somewhere you don't want to go. In other words, following me will mean going someplace you don't want to go. Okay. Chelsea is showing me that she already had it pulled up on her phone. <laughs> Red letters and all. You haven't memorized though? Uh, I had some of the sections memorized. I can't say I, I'm, I'm not reading it off my screen or anything. I, if that's no, what you're I was, asking. I was impressed. I had to pull it up because I was going to oh, read it. She, she's impressed with me. So I'm better. I'm better than other men. Is what I'm hearing you say. The, comparison. You're the, wow. you're the best <laughs> man. Took a turn. The best husband you'll ever have. Eric Bryant is the best whistler. Uh, <laughs> but you're you're the best man I've but ever wait, married. <laughs> so what happened? That is true. Yeah. So. Uh, Peter, then after he's told this, the picture is that Peter and Jesus are kind of walking along the shore and it says, and he looks back at John, who obviously is the writer of the gospel. And he says, but what about him? And Jesus says, what is it to you? If he lives until I come back, you follow me. Yeah. And I love that picture of like, because it's so like us, even in the, like, um, the context to look behind us and go, but what about, yeah. what about the next person? What about the next part? Is he going to have to do the same thing I am? If you're telling me I'm going to have to suffer, does that mean everybody has to suffer? Because that's the only fair way to suffer is if we all have to suffer, right? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is we don't, we don't have as big a right to complain about suffering if it was the same suffering for everybody. The reason we compare or the reason we complain about suffering is because some people are not suffering. And we see this in the Psalms too, where there's this warning of like, man, you look at the wicked and they're wealthy and you think like, how come, yeah. how come they get to have all the stuff? And you go, do you, th do you think wickedness is what leads to wealth? Your treasure, oh my goodness, church, it's in heaven. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason we pursue these things on earth and then we look at other people and we're constantly asking the same question as Peter, but what about them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at our kids and go, but what about that family? How come they got to have that? Mm -hmm. They got to have that home or that kind of level of fun or they have that level of contentment and I don't have any of that contentment or their kids are well-behaved. Or sometimes we even excuse our, ourselves and go, well, my kids are just harder or my kids are just better. And Jesus says, and I love this answer to Peter. It should be the same answer to us. Why are you even looking at me? He says, you follow me. What is it to you? He says, yeah. what is it to you? Yeah. If I do, what if that guy gets everything he ever wanted, or if this guy doesn't live one more day, what is that to you? You follow me. I love that. Now, Ooh, Chelsea, that's, that's what, were you gonna, what were you going to say? Exactly. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what you said. It's like, uh, I feel like a family discipleship t-shirt coming. Like, what is it to you? Follow oh, that's me. good. What is it to you? <laughs> what's it to you? What's, what's it to you? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus saying, what's it to you? Yeah. I think say, that's mind good. your biz. <laughs> Something like that. Mind your biz. Uh, that makes me think in Philippians 4 when he talks about, well, you've got the quote that, you know, people always put on coffee mugs. Um 
about about rejoicing in all things. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I can do all things. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And it's like when you put it in context, the thing yeah. that He's saying that's hardest to do is to be content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so eleven says, now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So yeah. it's a learned skill. It's something that we can learn. Yeah. To be. Yeah. Makes, contentment doesn't come because you have what you want. No. You only have it because you've learned it. We've learned to be content. And then Psalms, it makes me think of the the boundary lines have fallen. Mm, In Psalm 16. In pleasant places. Psalm 16 in pleasant places. And so, like, also the best Psalm for a parking team at a church. Stop. That's cute. <laughs> we it's wheels off. This is Sunday night. I like I like the new time slot we got here. Oh, uh, we're they're way getting the, the we're, best of us. Yeah, our best our best thinking is done they're way after the, dark. They're getting the remnant. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. God <laughs> says there's always a remnant, and this right now is the remnant. Yeah, but is the it a remnant lines, or what's like left at the bottom of the bowl after all the good stuff is gone? The dregs. Yeah, the dregs. Oh, I don't like that word. I don't think I don't like the word dregs. <laughs> Let's talk about wineskins. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, another scripture I was going to talk about was uh, Colossians 3. It yeah. says, like, set your minds on things that are above, not That's on good. things that are on yeah. the earth. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. And when we think about cor- comparison, what are we doing besides looking to our left and our right yeah. and saying either what we don't have enough of, what we have too much of, whatever it is, but it's always about something here on earth. But if our minds were set, on things that are not on earth, on what we're sure that we're going to get, but we have not seen. If if we were focused there mentally, then our eyes would be, our eyes and our mind would be overwhelmed at the thought that what's unseen is a loving father. Yeah. That has already given us Good. all of our greatest needs. Yeah. Loves us unconditionally. It's already accepted us, justified us. He's already done yeah. all those things. So, I mean, think about that. If during the day, like that's what we were meditating on. That's what we were dwelling on. Yeah. Going, I can't believe how accepted I am. Instead, like I'll assume that someone else judged me and then judge them for judging me, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, I'm not even sure that they really thought that, but I've yeah. already made a defense in my head and I've <laughs> judged them back. When we're going, the acceptance that I crave, I already have. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's like the cure to comparison would be seeing the world through God's eyes, seeing yourself yeah. through God's eyes. And he's not looking at you and pointing at somebody else, right? Right. He's not looking at Chelsea and pointing at Cassie and going, are you here? You, you learning this lesson? Look right. at Cassie. Right. Look at her. No, he's going like, well, what is Cassie to you? No, I'm looking at you and yeah. I approve of you. Yeah. You delight me. I am pleased with you. Right. Well done, good and faithful servant. Like, I love that in the parable of the talents. He doesn't look at the one with three talents and say, why don't you do everything the one with five talents did? They're different. One he gave five and that one made five. One he gave three and that one made three. And the one who made three, he doesn't have to feel shamed yeah. that he didn't do what the one that made five did. Yeah. The one who he comes down on in the story is the one who goes, well, I didn't do anything because I was afraid of you. I was afraid mm. of disappointing you. He's going, no, I, I entrusted you with something. In, in our case, we're talking about family discipleship. He's entrusting us with these kids. And he's not going like, you know what? I'm, you should be so scared of what I'm going to do. Do nothing. Be paralyzed with fear. But he's also not going, hey, I, I know I gave you three and somebody else five. You need to keep up with the other guy. Yeah. He's going, no, no, no. I gave you what I gave you. Be faithful with what I gave you. Yeah. The gifts, the talents, the skills, or lack thereof I gave you, you be faithful with them. Yeah. The kids I gave you, the family I gave you, the socioeconomic class I gave you, you be faithful with what I gave you. Yeah. You live your your version of what I've called you to, your faithfulness. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We had a family on the podcast, you know, who lives in an RV and they homeschool their kids so by doing cool. all these very cool hands-on experiences. Yeah. And man, wouldn't you just shudder to think that there's anyone out there thinking like, well, I mean, I can't offer my kids that. Going, 
that's not your life. Yeah. It's not. You know, that's just not, that's not what the Lord, that's not where he puts you. That's not where he has yeah. you. And that is not something to apologize for. But like you said, we're freed up to genuinely celebrate and yeah. say, wow, that looks really neat. That looks fun. Like, I love yeah. that for you and yeah. mean it. Not like gritting our teeth, but like really right. mean it. When we look, when we do look left and right, we can say, I love yeah. this for you. I'm so grateful yeah. for God's generosity in your life. I'm not shaking my fist at the heavens saying, where is mine? Yep. Yeah. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for listening. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget, if you're listening to this in the fall of 2023, we have a live show coming up November 2nd. Tickets are online now. You can find those in the show notes or on our social media. So we love you. We will see you next week.